0: Let's get ready rumble! I don't want to waste a lot of time at the
1: top here, Danny. Okay. With funnies. Uh, we wouldn't want to be funny now. Because we? I feel
0: that we have a lot to talk about today. Yeah? And this could turn into a scrap. Oh, are a, you ready to throw it down? A pub fight, if you will. Pub fights don't have bells, Danny. They don't have rounds. No. You don't get a rest when I'm fucking just like... When I'm win- winning. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm punching you good. There ain't going to be no bell. No. Except last orders. Ain't going to be no... S- well, what if it's like 7pm? Then then the f- it depends how long the fight goes on, I suppose. Mm. Pr- well... It wouldn't... No pub fight has lasted four hours. (laughs) This is the kind of witty banner I was talking about. We need to... No. (laughs) Skip all this. Should we jump right into it?
1: Head first. Right. What's up, people? people Welcome to Second Opinion Movie Podcast. A show where we take a film with a strong general consensus, whether that be good or bad, and we find the... uh, imperfections and redeeming features accordingly i'm scott morrison and with me i'm scott morrison
0: <laughs> uh, for myself, i thought that was a bit <laughs> i was like where's he going with this that's outstanding
1: i am mecca scott morrison you wish you were me uh, <laughs> i was because i was so focused on getting that middle bit right
0: <laughs> i forgot that i was danny you need Jones. to not focus so much you need to just feel Feel the my problem, flow, okay. The, the my, problem is, is that trying
1: when I say um, uh, good and bad and imperfections and uh, redeeming features, accordingly. you start to think of me when you say imperfections. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah obviously, because I'm so critical of you, right? But like, trying <laughs> to make sure they tailor so that when I say good, bad, imperfections, and redeeming features accordingly, it makes sense. And I'm yes. very cautious of that, and then I just blurted out Scott Morrison because I was yes. ahead of myself. I am Scott Morrison, though. Right.
0: And you are... No, I'm Mecca Scott Morrison and you can be Scott Morrison. I could just okay? be regular. But I'm, I feel that Mecca Scott Morrison would agree with my opinions too. No, because like like Godzilla and Mechagodzilla don't fight. They
1: don't fight because Ah, they agree with each other.
0: I see what you're doing. You made it. a You did make it a bit. Yeah, I I made it. (laughs) Obviously, (laughs) that whole the whole time
1: it was meant to be a bit. Obviously, I was
0: worried that you were losing the plot a bit, but clearly I was wrong, and I shouldn't. I don't need to worry.
1: Talking of losing the plot, (laughs) today we're reviewing Colossal.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good start. Well, you know what? My opening argument. This chair is very creaky, Danny. (laughs) My opening argument. My opening statement. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) End of the show. (laughs) This is old school, uh, because it wasn't. It was only like
1: two episodes. We were talking about how we actually agree on, on most films, films. and then we uh, found one that we really and disagree. we found one that we really disagree on. But like, I want to say from the top, yeah. I I would love you started saying start, and you said top there. Yeah, I don't know so why. You said to- stop. I'm a bit on edge for today. I think it's because I struggled to get all this technical stuff. It was a lot. Uh, so like, I've um, I've got it here, and now I'm like nervous. It's all gonna crash and go. Now nah, fuck you. There I was a lot
0: about. of technobabble like, Aye. things well, like not things actually. like have you tried to <laughs> <laughs> they said that on star trek all the time <laughs> i i i used big words
1: like microphone like <laughs> um so I'm a bit nervous it's all going to crash and the laptop's going to go yeah, fuck fine. you
0: but like I'll just use that nervous energy to get into this fight okay good because goodness. um it doesn't have to be a fight we could be I mean granted I've just spent the last four the, minutes talking about how it's going to be a fight the but...
1: annoying thing is I want you to convince me this film's good okay I'm because gonna try. The, I was when this trailer came yeah. up I was so excited to see it because it's uh, it's two things I like it's a dramedy like a comedy drama and I don't know why I felt I need to explain that a dramedy for the layman's <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, this chair, Daddy, It's so creaky. And a kaiju movie. And they cra- I was putting them together. And when this trailer came out, I was so excited. Uh-huh. I think I think I posted it on your wall. And I was like, Scott, you look at this trailer. This one? Yeah.
0: What uh, movie are we talking about right now, Danny? Colossal. Colossal. Just so we don't get too ahead of ourselves. I'm getting get an hour into it. And people are like, what? what was, was, they talk, was that was they talking about Lee The. Is kaijus and Les Mis?
1: The two thousand and seventeen and halfway and Jason Sudeikis? Is that how you
0: pronounce Jason it? Jason Sudeikis. S- That's this year. Yes. That is this year. Well, unless you'll listen to this next year. Which let's face it, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you're you listening know. to this in about a two week window <laughs> and then never thinking about it ever again. Um I threw something across your room, I was hoping it would land in the sink, and I don't know if it did. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out later. Next time on second opinion. But <laughs> But, like, I I love the kaiju uh,
1: drama... Like, I love kaijus and gra- dramedy, and I wanted this to be so good. And I went in, and I was so disappointed. Mm. And I don't think it was a sense of my expectations high. I just feel like while I was watching the film, I was like, this is crumbling apart on every level. And I'm not going to be the person who comes Every
0: level?
1: Yeah, every level of what it's oh. supposed to be is just crumbling apart. But I
0: don't know if your if your expectations from the trailer have, have I don't put too think much on so. Because like I I
1: was be. trying to find where this I even watching it yesterday try, um writing notes. I was trying to find where it works. I wanted to go, "Scott, I've actually decided I like this film." Let's just talk about it in a good, positive way. But I just don't think this film works. And what kind of astounds me about this film is that I've not found anyone that I like watch in terms of movie reviews who agree. Everyone seems to like it. I think Mark Kermode, like I've, um, I've not listened to his re- uh, review. Personal he, friend Mark Commode. Yeah, Mark Kermode. <laughs> uh, that's why I say both his names. Um, <laughs> me and Marky Mark. <laughs> uh, Marky Mark.
0: I think he said that there's bits that fall apart, but he overall liked it. I I, could agree with that. There, I have stuff that I was like when I was watching it last night. That I was like, I'm going to write this down because I think he's going to come at me with this, and I'm going to bloody be ready to be like, I know, I know that
1: too. But I'm not going to be the person who's like, oh, it was. I wanted it to be a sci-fi kaiju film, but it was actually um, about like it was actually more dramatic and stuff, and it wasn't really about the monster. I'm not going to come out with that angle because I never expected it to be like, fully about the okay. monster. I expected it to be very personal. And I expect, which it is. Yeah, which it is. I, that's why I expected, and that's not... I, well, that's why I'd argue I didn't get. We didn't get, like, a
0: uh, a coherent um, dovetailing of the two stories. Well, before we start talking about the dovetailing of the two stories, let's talk about the story.
1: Yes. Plus, on a whole. So, Anne Hathaway, uh, who's an um, out-of-work writer in New York.
0: Her name, I do believe, is... I'm just going to call her Anne halfway No, you're not. You're gonna Gloria. Do, you're going to do... Okay, well... It's
1: Gloria. Gloria. Uh, Gloria is... Fucking... Uh, <laughs> is kicked out of her flat of her boyfriend, Dan Stevens.
0: Uh, Tom slash Tim. Tim. It's Tim. <laughs> it's Tim or Tom. <laughs> Tim and Tom. Tim, Tim Tom. and Tom. Tim Tom in the bungalow. <laughs> um, uh,
1: so she moves back home to um, her hometown to stay in her uh, parents' old house. And she meets up with her childhood friend, Jason Sudeikis. Oscar. Oscar. Uh, and he offers her a job at the uh, bar. And then while this is happening, the uh, South Korea's um, town, Seoul, Seoul, is being uh, attacked by a kaiju monster. And Anne halfway
0: uh, Specifically finds- at every time. Specifically at five past eight. every Five morning. past eight in America. Yeah. And in a very, very specific region hmm. of the city. Yes. Yes. Um she finds out that it's
1: actually her, the monster is her, she's controlling it by being in the specific area at the specific time. And then they have to deal with alcohol problems. Right.
0: I you we, you have a letter boxed. Yes. And I went back and I had a bloody nosy at what you thought. And you put you put Alcoholics equal irredeemable unless you're Anne Hathaway. Yes. I don't like that. Why is that? I don't like that because I don't necessarily think her alcoholism is redeemed at the end of the movie, and I don't think I, I don't think that the only reason that we we don't like Jason Sudeikis is not because he is an alcoholic. We dislike him for a great many things. Yeah, and not just because he's an alcoholic. And so I don't think I don't agree with that. I don't agree okay. with that statement. We're well, definitely going to uh, get into it. Um, where do you want to start? Because this is a bit... Like, I don't... That's the only problem with doing a big a big old one where we're going to argue is, like, I where did we begin? Ah. Uh, well, let's... Uh, what doesn't work? You what kind of explained it, but, like... What doesn't work is that there's a, there's a sci-fi
1: side to this um, with the kaiju monster. And uh, there is the personal side with this. Um, Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis both dealing with uh, alcoholism, and what w- doesn't work for me is that they don't dovetail. They don't make any sense together. And it's not like I don't. The metaphor that it's going for is clearly that alcoholic is destructive. But like, there's so many ways in which that doesn't work. How so? Um, well. Trying to specify it enough that um
0: This is good dynamics. Because I would this is... say, like I I in terms of integrating them both, I think it works pretty well. Especially as the scene about halfway through the movie when she is as the monster and she's dancing Hmm. and making the monster dance and that's crazy and it's all fun because you're having fun when you're drunk but then she falls over which subsequently makes the monster fall over she kills a whole bunch of people Hmm. and the next day she wakes up with a big old hangover and also hungover regret on a massive scale because the big monster that she is fell over and killed a bunch of people. I'd say that is the... that
1: The only thing about that is that's the only place where the metaphor even remotely works. And But the um, alcoholism in general to me is um, about battling addiction. Um, dependency on a drug, specifically alcohol. And there's two alcoholics in this film. Jason Sudeikis, who is never cured of his alcoholism and as a result of this film, dies. Yeah. And Anne Hathaway, who at the, I think it's like 50 minute mark, stops drinking. So she's not battling addiction. Not even remotely. And her destructive behavior that this film's supposed to be about stops halfway through.
0: Yeah, I feel like if anything's going to make you want to stop drinking, it's, it's at that 50 minute mark when she kills a whole bunch of people. Maybe. Yeah, but then isn't that the end of the film? Not necessarily, because... She's not... I mean, you could... The, the the concept of addiction is still looked at through Oscar's eyes. Yeah. Or, like, you could even say that she... Like, you know, the way Oscar acts around her now. Now that she's sober, she sees what pretty horrible person she can be around people. Obviously, she's not to the extent of Oscar. But, you know. Okay, so...
1: Like, basically, the death of hundreds of lives isn't enough for her to realise
0: how bad her alcoholism has got. But she does... Well, but then that's... You're thinking on a whole fucking crazy thing, because you're, you're never going to get to a point where your alcoholism affects the deaths of thousands of people. Probably. But in this film, it, that's what happens. And I feel like that would be a pretty reasonable reaction would be to stop drinking after that. Yeah, but then if it's about her alcoholism, if she
1: stopped drinking because of that, which is a good good reason to stop, that's the end of the film. That's the end of the story. What's it going on for? What other point has it got? Because there are other characters in the film who struggle with alcoholism. Yeah, but then if you're going to talk about alcoholism in the Oscar, then what's the, what's the point of talking about it? If your conclusion is he's irredeemable, he might as well die. But
0: I don't think the alcoholism is the reason... That's not what I don't think that's the reason his character deserves to... His character deserves that. Because he is an incredibly petty and controlling individual. Who is ridiculously jealous. Like, I would say those are also pretty good reasons that his character... And the fact that he was going to continue killing a bunch of people if he couldn't continue to control Gloria's character. Like, Gloria those are some pretty good reasons to die I would say
1: no so then the second half of the film isn't about alcoholism at
0: all sure there are other kinds of addictions I don't know but I just think like like because I personally think that the film is more so a feminism I think it's more like about because the, she is in a world where she is surrounded by men's, because you've got Tim mm-hmm. who's a very controlling person and you've also got Oscar who's like that as well she bloody fights back mate she fights back against her own addiction and then she has to fight back against the second thing that's also bad for her which is them and then but then you know, it just seems that the film's broken into two parts and
1: about two different things but
0: what's wrong with that why does everything have to be structured in such a specific way
1: well, they, they doesn't, they, not that it doesn't. Not there has to be structure in a specific way. But then it just seems to break the film into this half um, that doesn't seem to flow It doesn't. Then it's not a like. Like I can see that you're saying like it's about her trying to overcome the con- the controlling men around her. But it doesn't seem to be how it starts. It starts. It's supposed like supposed to be about her alcohol problem. And then that means that when the alcohol problem's over, then the the monster who's supposed to be a representation of alcoholism, then sort of. It's just a distant metaphor that doesn't mean anything anymore. And so, like, it's almost now
0: no point of having it in the film. See, I don't know, because I don't feel that there's a problem with the flow at all. I feel like it all flows pretty well. Granted, it could be a bit ridiculous, but at the same time, it's a ridiculous concept. Like, it's a ridiculous film anyway. And it's kind of mirroring those kind of kaiju movies anyway, which are tonally all over the fucking place most of the time. So... Like, I don't know. I feel I don't feel that there's any problem with the flow at all. I think it all moves along. Uh, granted, I mean, his character, like, Jason Sudeikis' character is kind of ridiculous, but I think bigging him up in a film, like, bigging up his flaws in a film like this works because it's a weird fancy movie that has monsters in it. And I don't necessarily think I think he, I think they get away with making him more like an evil villain at times because of the kind of world that they're in big robot fighting big monster
1: okay so it's like more genre typical sure just
0: on a very very small scale then like for the second half what's
1: the monsters for is it just for the plot can like for he can use uh, monsters c- to control
0: metaphors Danny
1: yeah but the metaphor is alcoholism but that's lost in the first half when it's resolved which, by the way, the film doesn't seem to think is a big resolution of alcohol's problem because she wakes up the next day and she's like, oh my God, how many people have I killed? How many people have I killed? And then the film um, destroys that attention on that by going, plot twist, there's also a giant robot and it's Jason Sudeikis. So it's like, uh, there's even a scene where Jason Sudeikis is like, yeah, you did kill a few people, but this is more important. Look, it's a genre plot twist rather than the personal discovery that we're supposed to be focusing on. Well,
0: maybe just stopping drinking isn't... All there is to overcoming alcohol, like sure that you know, sure there's a lot of side effects. No,
1: the, that. the um, addiction. I think I think it would be really interesting to explore that addiction side, especially with a destructive monster. But like Anne Hathaway doesn't seem to have any problem with addiction. It, the Jason Sudeikis even tries to blackmail her into drinking. He's like, drink this beer or I'll go destroy uh, people in Seoul. And she just pours it out. She has no, like, it's almost like a switch. She then has no problem with uh, alcohol addiction at the halfway point. And it like, then then clearly she wasn't an alcoholic. She was in
0: a rut or something. So then that all unbattles. See, I don't know. I don't know because I feel like, because at the very end, the very, very, very end after everything's happened, she's offered a drink and she scoffs. And I almost kind of thought of that as, like, a... She's went through all this and then remembered, like... Oh, I still have to deal with, like, this as well.
1: I always... It's, like, portraying it almost as quirky, her alcohol problem. Because when... They uh they introduce her. She's in like a person who's she's been out partying and oh no she's in trouble with her boyfriend and oh dear she's and then she's quirkily forgetful and
0: I don't think that at all. And then she really? stops
1: drinking and then at the end you think like, it's just quirky. It seems to come off as quirky because it's <sighs> like because first of all there's Tim as a character who is as you you've described him as controlling and um um around but like he's. If she is an alcoholic,
0: he is dealing with an alcoholic partner, and that's hard. But That's the same a hard time, thing he to deal with. Refuses to like, whenever she, when she is calling him and trying to tell him of the progress he's making, he kind of does not belittles it, but like he doesn't take it seriously at all what the progress that she well, it's like making. look told you go out and get just she gets a job granted it's in a bar but like still got a job but like anytime she tries to say things like this he's just like no i can't can't do this can't talk right now you bloody do but
1: usually because it's in the right one of the times is when she first uh, sees the kaiju monster in seoul and she phones tim up and she's like i'm struggling to deal with this it's really bizarre it's strange strange and he's like yeah yeah but how would you were you only just seeing this this happened nine hours ago um, so what like what's been happening and what's happened is she got drunk the night before so he's right to have noticed that like he's like she's phoning him up and she's talking about all this and that's fair enough she like she's struggling to deal with the idea of like a monster existing like most of us would but like he's not wrong to point out that the reason she hasn't seen it yet is because she got drunk the night before so, and he comes he pretends to have a meeting in the hometown that she's in and obviously, it's a coincidence. That like, it's very obvious from the start that he's um, he's there to see her. But like, considering their exes, that's like I know it's stalker. It is stalkish, but it's also he's trying to be caring in a way. Like he, like he, even though he's kicked her out, he still cares about her. He's trying to f- um, make sure she's doing well. And when she's like, "I've got a job in the bar." At course course the second
0: half, he- when he, she starts ignoring him.
1: Wait, what part does she start ignoring him? Well, she.
0: Well, when they come over with the sofa, and there's the whole thing where she leaves, and you don't, she leaves him on the line. You don't see him again until he shows up at the hotel. Aye. So the time that he's most thingy to get back into her life is when she stops, like, stops speaking to him.
1: Yeah, but you could look at that two ways. You could look at that as if he's an attention seeker, which, to be honest, they don't give Dan Stevens enough of a character to be able to um, apply that to him. Dan
0: Stevens is my spare animal.
1: Yeah, he's a good guy. He's my i uh, I'm defending him here, uh, defending his character at least. or, or sh- this That's woman what
0: doesn't need defending. He's a great guy. I'm sure. <laughs> I've not met him. Or this woman that
1: he's um, probably still in love with, considering it hasn't been that long since they broke up, and it's mostly over an alcoholic problem, has found out that she is so drunk that she's missing big world events until nine hours afterwards. She's got a job in a bar, which of course, if your partner's an alcoholic, you're not going to be the happiest that she's got a job in the bar. Hmm. Um, And also he's, uh, like Nora now, he's probably concerned what's happening to her. Like, I'm not saying that Dan Stevens is a perfect character in this at all, but like the film, what the film portrays is overbearing. It can also come across as him trying to deal with the fact he's got an alcoholic uh, partner um because if she has been going out every night and she has got this addiction of course he's going to want like of course he's going to struggle to deal with that of course like he'll do something irrational like kicking her out the flat because that's like in real life that's a real hard thing to deal with someone with an addiction that you struggle to, to cope with seeing someone you love that rip apart their life with that sort of addiction so he tries to bail on it yeah he tries to bail on it which is not a good thing but like it's more understandable then the quirkiness of Anne halfway being like oh like you've bailed on me or anything like she doesn't really attack him for that um they are like trying they're almost like trying to connect back to each other both of them she contacts him he contacts her but like there's still this problem of alcoholic but like um it comes across as like a quirky like she's out partying all the time and
0: he needs he telling her that she needs to be more responsible like an adult i don't think that at all i think totally you've just looked at it way different for me in terms of that opening scene i don't think it's quirky at all i don't think it's like played well it's played for laughs you think so yeah because
1: she's making all these excuses but then that's what you would do but like it's more in a you know it's like the the absurdity of her excuses are so like she walks in and starts making excuses before you even see the boyfriend so like it's almost done for comedic effect Instead of something that's really, really serious, and that's a boyfriend getting to a breaking point where they're like, "Look, your alcohol problem is affecting everything, and I can't deal with that." It's not like it's either not about alcoholism, um, which there's a um, there is reason to believe it isn't, but then where does the monster fit into all the pro, um, pro like the whole thing if it's not about alcoholism, or it's not taking the alcoholism side of it seriously.
0: Hmm, I don't know. I just I just don't think it's as played up for laughs in that opening as you're making it seem. I think it's supposed to be at least humorous. I don't know. I guess it could be seen as humorous when she's initially coming in. But when the gravity of him breaking up with her hits, she seems pretty devastated by that. I don't think it's like a, ha-ho, oh, what she got herself into this time. It's like, no, that's her whole kind of supporting force just come crumbling around her down around her and now she has to move into a big old house with nothing in it hmm. in a hometown where she where there's there's not really going to be anything for her to do career wise so I don't know I think I just don't think it's just played as like a quirky and I fucking hate that word stop <laughs> using it
1: <laughs> but like it's it it feels like that's to me that's the word it's almost trying to go for because obviously like it's an independent like sort of the, in indie in a way um, in like one of the loose ends of the terms with someone like Anne Hathaway and Jason Stakers but like it's supposed to be independent and there's a, a sense of using um, those going for like quirky term um, terminology and stuff like that and it's kind of quirky and in, in, um, in
0: brackets there's definitely That's scenes like that I mean there's scenes where she's you know before the initial plot kicks off where she's drinking with the guys at the bar and stuff which I could she's like it's like a Wes Anderson movie in here it's like oh we get it he's I hate that word so I'm not going to use it. He's eccentric. but like, Eccentric's another good one. But I don't think the whole film is played like that at all. I think it's pretty intensely serious at times. Yeah, it can be but like granted it's in as I said earlier it's in a relatively over the top way but I stand by that it gets away with it because of the kind of genre film that they're going for
1: so then okay so to the question to the question that like i was struggling to deal with while watching the film um what what's the monster supposed to be a metaphor for because like the sci-fi side of it's really abstract this whole um you need to be in a specific place at a specific time in order to activate the monster. So it's really contrived. And sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes it can derail the story as they're trying to get from wherever they are to the part. What I thought would be a better way to do it is what if they were like, every time they got drunk, the monster appeared. And then it'd be more directly about not getting drunk. It'd be more directly like if every time they got drunk, the monster appeared and the monster was there for the duration of drunk. Then it would be Anne halfway versus the bottle and halfway going, look, I can't because when I get drunk, this tragic thing happens. And the destruction, the destructive metaphor of alcoholism, it then becomes more direct and tailored to like exactly what they're fighting. And that doesn't seem so abstract to, um, to have it about be so specifically in like intertwined with being drunk because the whole magical concept is abstract like it's just the whole reason the kaiju monster appears and stuff is just magic there's some vague attempt about a thunder strike um turning dioramas and toys into like the real life equivalents but like it's, it's magic it's magic so why why doesn't why couldn't the magic just go to something like when she's drunk the monster appears and therefore she has to fight that destructive uh, impulse inside her by not getting drunk.
0: I guess because a lot of maybe it could be said that like a lot of things you do when you're drunk are decisions you make while drunk and aren't the consequences of being drunk if that makes sense Okay I think I still know what you Like um So when they're drinking when they're getting drunk they could not go to the park but that's always the the thing of like, you won't go to the park. But then the drunker you get, it's like, but we could go to the park though. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, so like I like, don't necessarily think that behavior, things that happen while drunk. It's you know, like I said, it's all decisions that are made while you're drunk. It's not necessarily a consequence of being drunk. I've had many nights where I've been drunk and nothing bad's happened. Yeah, it's like, like being drunk funny. isn't inherently yeah, bad. Exactly.
1: I right, I guess I can see that. This is decisions
0: you make while I'm drunk.
1: Okay. But even that, like, even using that as a metaphor, as I say, seems to fall about halfway through when Anne halfway just stops drinking.
0: But, yeah, but then Oscar still is. But I mean, not- could you, like, because then that whole thing of her stopping drinking, I think she starts to see in a kind of like a more, ex- I mean, we don't see what her relationship is like with Dan before the movie begins, which is one problem yeah. I do have with it. Well, then you'd find but,
1: maybe you'd empathize with Dan Stevens' characters more maybe. if you understood that like this is the result of a I long time. But then I think maybe
0: you kind of do. I think she does. Because when she's not drinking and Oscar is, she realizes the kind of thing that you can, you know, that he might have had to deal with. Yeah, but then she doesn't. But, like,
1: she doesn't reconcile with Dan Stevens' character about that. In fact, the end quote is... Uh, the last thing she says to Dan Stevens is a dismissal of him because he's like, I think I'm owning an explanation. And then she's like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Not at all. Like, you said you can't handle me when I'm out of control and I'm more out of control than ever. That's what she says at the end. The last thing she says to Dan Stevens. There's no... But what... I do
0: think, like, I think that is because, you know, like, I know at the beginning I think there is a little bit of a sense of he kind of abandons her rather than stick by her and help her through the, the alcoholism he's just like nah I've packed your bags go home to the big empty house please
1: well then what you just said Tara, so it, about her trying to learn what she's done to Dan Stevens through Jason's actions to her is that's not that's,
0: that doesn't make sense but then she's still she's even though dealing with Jason Sudeikis involves murdering him as a big monster man Still dealing with it, still deals with the problem. she doesn't run away from the problem. She could just run away and then never go back to the park and everything that Jason Sudeikis' character Oscar does from that point on it might be on her like conscious like hmm. subconsciously, but consciously it's on him. like he's the one who would choose to keep going back and keep destroying soul. But then that takes away from her personal struggle because it's not her personal struggle, she's
1: just dealing with it. Like, I think it's like the personal struggle halfway through once she stops giving it. Well, maybe she you could alcohol.
0: say the whole film is Dan Stevens' personal struggle, and we learn about Dan Stevens through his personal struggle. How about that, Danny? It's an inception of personal struggles. Personal struggleception. Because it's like when she overcomes her
1: alcohol problem, the film shifts from this is about a personal struggle with alcohol addiction to good versus evil which is so strange because that's not like that then you, you've yeah like you've gone an entirely different direction uh, direction and it is more uh in keeping of kaiju genre but that's not like that's not what the film started off but of. it wasn't a kaiju film it um, was never kind of supposed to be a kaiju film when it first introduces the idea it then just goes from kaiju monster as a metaphor to oh no it's really literal and now we need to fight the bad guy
0: but it's never established that the kaiju is not literal
1: well no it is literal for in terms of the film it's like inter of the internal of the film but i'm talking about when you're looking at the film from an outside perspective when you're like analyzing the film even on a basic surface level when you're watching it it's all like within it the whole monster is all literal but like from the when you're analyzing it not like depth analyzing just surface watching it Um, you are supposed to think yeah that's that's a metaphor it's a metaphor for addiction and stuff and then halfway through it oh it's just a metaphor for the monster
0: should be the robot needs to be destroyed and the monster needs to fight him I don't know I just don't think just because she overcomes her alcoholism the metaphor doesn't necessarily have to end because she still has to deal with this other thing this idea of this, like, super controlling dude. Like,
1: I don't know. I, just I like, there is, like, the abusive relationship between them, which is, like, interesting. By the way, can I say, as as a side note, Jason Sudeikis
0: is on fucking point. Oh, I love Jason. I also, in my notes, wrote, I wrote Dan Stevens as my soulmate, and then later on I put, no, Jason Sudeikis as my soulmate.
1: Oh, I don't want to take away from his performance, because even though I feel like his character, like like maybe it's, maybe what I want to talk about is like where they could have gone and stuff and that sounds bad to hypothetically try and yeah I was rewrite. thinking about that
0: when you I was thinking about that earlier when you were arguing something I was like this sounds like again like, like it just sounds like you have a better idea in your head of how the film should have gone, no, well, like, that's, rather than just. That's like, not what I want to come across. Trying to think about the film as it is.
1: That's not what I want to come across. I want, I want, like the film as it is is what it is. But like, I just don't understand. Like, I think that it's even like I'm not talking about. I don't want to talk about depth as in uh, scholarship analysis of I just wanted to talk about surface analysis, and like even that just doesn't. It seems to unravel them. Like the the more i think about it the more like everything seems to come apart and like it doesn't like nothing's a metaphor like you either take it from the sci-fi side of it being good versus evil or you take it from the metaphorical side and it feels well, weird to try and cut and shut okay, it Okay so then if
0: you don't want to look at it in like a really 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 deep way what's wrong with this film taking a different visual approach to that kind of subject it's like oh, rather than just having her arguing with this guy what if we just visually represent it as a monster movie? Like, if you really did want to think about it at a surface level, like, what's wrong with that and doing something different? Because do you want to watch another fucking movie about people whinging about the fact that they're alcoholics? I don't want, want to watch a movie where monsters fight, but also they whinge about being alcoholics.
1: Well, then they can't pretend to be like a metaphor, and then it's got to, then you've got to take all the.
0: But maybe it doesn't. Maybe we're putting a much deeper meaning onto things than need to be maybe it is just a surface level thing so I mean there's... the outright ex- she outright explains it towards the end of the movie right before her and Jason Sudeikis have the big fight she is like cause I was like oh man Jason Sudeikis I was writing him my notes I was like Jason Sudeikis feels like this and can you imagine like if you felt shitty your whole life and then this person comes back into your town and reminds you how shitty you are and then she literally just says all that hmm. to him that's pretty like that was my same problem with Mother Mother, you can sit there and break down. You haven't seen it, so I won't no. spoil how it ends. But like, you can sit there while you're watching the movie, and be like, maybe this means this, and maybe this means this, and breaking it all down. And at the end of the di- at the end of the movie, Jennifer Lawrence is just like, here's everything. I'm saying it all out loud to you, other character, because just in case you didn't get it. So like, maybe we're just a, maybe we're just trying to apply to deep meaning to a film that maybe is relatively surface level and then i just enjoyed tonally and visually and actoringly maybe that's but then that, that that okay that's fair
1: enough if you did that but then you can't no one can claim it's about like a sort of any sort of personal internal struggle
0: i'm not sure people are
1: are they not like how like I because I mean, people say it's a metaphor for alcoholism, like they they say that. But
0: I mean, it is. I guess it's like it is that. Maybe it's not like an incredibly deep one, but it is that. Whether it's looking at Anne Hathaway's character or looking at Jason Sudeikis' this character, it is that's what it represents. Maybe it's just not a very deep metaphor, but like. Visually, it's super interesting. Okay. No.
1: I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking. (laughs) I'm taking it into consideration. Because I say I do. I'd like. There's something about this that I really want to change my mind about it. But like, because like there is so much in. There's like interesting concepts in it and stuff. But um, I because as like a thriller on its own. I maybe that's the surface thriller that you're talking about. It just didn't interest me. Like it just like. But
0: yeah, people cannot like movies. That's yeah, fine. no, but well, that, that,
1: that's not the point. That's not like um, like it, like it should work for, like me specifically on that level. But I don't like yeah, even on the the thriller level. Like there's like the ending. If you were to talk about it on that level, the ending where it's um, it turns out if she goes to South Korea it will appear on the opposite they side. They foreshadow
0: that really well, incidentally. Is that with the
1: upside-down map?
0: No, 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 no. When the monster gets shot in Seoul and she feels it in America, so you know there's a connection, they foreshadow that pretty fucking well.
1: Although, when she first, when she's first the monster and she doesn't realise it, she's carrying the air mattress, she's walking through the park and she doesn't know that anything's happening, she doesn't feel all the buildings she walks through. But you, they never
0: feel that, though.
1: Yeah, but why? Why do they feel the missiles and not the and the helicopters and not the buildings?
0: I know missiles hurt more.
1: <laughs> well, they she hits her head off a helicopter. Surely walking through a building is worse than hitting your head off a helicopter.
0: I don't know. Like I, but I understand. All right, like, maybe
1: they overlooked that then. Uh, <laughs> and the foreshadowing thing sounds. I don't. I'm not sure if the foreshadowing. It's a weird conclusion for Anne Halfway to come to, especially with the upside down map. The map goes upside down and she's like, wait a minute. It's Maybe if I go to South of Korea. It's very you think if like if she was wanting to kill him, there'd be easier ways to do it than to risk going to South Korea and
0: seeing if that'll work. Well, because if she kills him, she can be held directly responsible for that. Nobody, <laughs> apart from her her and the three guys, one of them who which she's trying to kill, knows that she is the monster. So if the monster kills him, there's no ramifications to that. But what if, because she doesn't like, she has to
1: map out the area of Seoul in the, uh, the city and, and, and try and map it in accordance to the, to the park. But how, when she goes to Seoul, Seoul's
0: because presumably it's been a on big the, city. It's been on the TV, like, it's been on the TV the whole time, Danny. They've literally been watching this one tiny area of Seoul. I'm pretty sure it'd be easy to find. But how does she know which bit
1: she'd walk into? And how does she know she wouldn't crush maybe like the kids? That are maybe on their the way bit. To maybe it's the bit that's all fucking got military soldiers around it and sirens going on. No, no, no. Though. But how does she? What I'm saying is, how does she know when she walks into that bit of Seoul, what part of the small town? Do you she really walks want into? the
0: film to halt its pace to go into the fucking minutiae of things like geography?
1: I want it to. Work. Do you
0: really want it to suck any and all drama to be like? Here's her fucking research and maps and stuff for 10 minutes just so that you Danny Jones can be satisfied by the fucking geographical locations. No,
1: no. I want it to work on either the drama level or the thriller level as a as a personal drama about addiction and domestic relationships or on a sci-fi superhero level, but it can't it, it mixes both and never achieves either. I think the movie can
0: do whatever the fuck it wants, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> do you not think, but though, that then that maybe also just comes down to, again, that the film just, that, like, if it is kind of relatively sur- obvious and surface level, that the, the plot itself just doesn't work for you, but works for me? Because I don't feel that it's, like, tonally, like... I don't feel that the, the, the flow is, is messy at all. I did feel it a little bit the first time I watched it. Especially with the scene in the bar where he lets the firework off. Yeah, that does come out of nowhere. It's, it it comes relatively out of nowhere. But when I watched it yesterday, maybe it's just because this tends to happen with rewatches. I think because I knew it was coming, it didn't bother hmm. me as much. And I kind of thought, like, okay, it's like his big irrational reaction... Because the last time you see him, he seems relatively cool again and sends a whole bunch of stuff to her house and everything. And then the next thing she does is bring Tim. Tim is Bay. <laughs> and then, you know, he kind of goes on his mental power trip again because he's not in control again. Hmm. And at fir- the first time I saw it, I did think it felt weird. But last night, I don't know, it just, it just seemed to flow a lot better. I, I feel like the
1: film is well-directed. I feel like what my problems with it is definitely on the script level where the story kind of... Like, it's the story that I feel doesn't work because it's not, it's not succeeding at either of the two things like it could be. And it's kind of mixed match. Like, at the end when she goes to Seoul, there, there doesn't seem to be, like, the metaphorical personal reason to do it and there doesn't seem to be the um, thriller reason to do it. There's, like, going... she got to stop
0: him... Murdering people.
1: Yeah, but like the idea of soul working, going to soul and the monster appealing the opposite side is there's no there, there's no reason either side of like the two genres it's trying to do as a genre of a film. There's no indication that that would ever work. There's no hint. There's no huge hint that that would even even the the helicopter missiles hitting her doesn't necessarily mean that if you go to the opposite side of the world the monster would come on the opposite route. Well, so as a, as like a superhero concept, if you like, that doesn't work. And as a personal uh, dramatic moment, there's no real like weight to it or reason to except to kill the evil person. Maybe
0: maybe you've got to go deep within yourself, Danny, and soul is herself <laughs> to confront the problem head She's got to go to a soul. There you maybe. go
1: but then that's metaphors.
0: You can't talk about, you can't say it's,
1: there's metaphors and it's I don't know, right Danny,
0: it's fucking, this one's just, go, this one's just, oh, I think we're just looking, oh, I think we're just breaking this apart far too much. This is not the arguments I thought we would be having. <laughs> what arguments did you think we'd be having? I don't know. What other kind of things would I write down? Can we talk about how Dan Stevens is bae? What's that? <laughs> Can we talk about how Dan Stevens is bae? Yeah. <laughs> I won't argue with that, though. Although, I tell you what, there's
1: one nitpicky argument that, like, it's in films in general that annoys me, and it's when Dan Stevens orders a beer. Hmm. People don't do that. It's a really small thing, and it's in loads of what films. What do you mean he doesn't have a beer? He like, he's, uh, what, what would you like? A beer, please. You don't go to a bar and order a beer. You order a specific brand.
0: Uh I don't know. If it's, like, a dive bar.
1: Films do that all
0: the time. It's really bizarre. Yeah. Well, again...
1: That's, I know, that's 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 nothing to do with Colossal. Minutia,
0: so. mate. Minutia. That's what this episode's called. Danny Needs Minutia. Uh, there was a bit I wrote down in favour of you. Well, it wasn't in favour of you. But... um, Sorry, pausing to read notes. Pausing? Uh, like, there's a bit where they talk about uh, he's showing them a magic trick um, and he's trying to tell the story but they keep being like is the story relevant? if the trick works and I was like and it's like if the trick if the trick sucks fuck the story and I was like is this all going to be relevant to Danny's argument is this like a way of the film covering its back or something like, Aye. if it's maybe, not good maybe it's, or... like, maybe it's a
1: metaphor for the film <laughs> mm,
0: maybe Maybe there's more layers. Uh, maybe it's meta. Maybe it's meta. Um, yeah, I feel like so much of what I was writing about was Jason Sudeikis, and then, like I said, at the end, the dialogue just becomes so in the nose, and it's like, well, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> there's was my research. Uh, uh,
1: it like it'd be really cool. Like, there's loads of films that do cover alcoholism though, but this would have been an interesting way to do it, and I just feel like. It's a shame that you couldn't even make Jason Sudeikis redeemable at some point. Mm-hmm. I know that he tries to kill people, but maybe, like he doesn't like. Maybe they, there's ways they could have made him. Because like I, what I really found interesting when I first watched it was when she he is uh, a, sorry Jason Sudeikis um, attacks Anne halfway, and the next morning he gives her a bunch of furniture. And When she goes over to his house, he's like apologetic, and mm-hmm. I was like, wouldn't that be cool? Like I know that's a retroactive rewriting and I don't want to do that, but like, I, that part of the film I found really interesting, like the difference between Jason Sudeikis yeah, when he's sober, sober and when drunk. he's drunk. That would be really cool. That could be really interesting because um, that's, that's something that people who know alcoholics would have to deal with, the good and the bad days. Mm. And um, that would be so, so, so cool, especially if you contrast him being nice and charismatic when he's sober with destructive tendencies when he's drunk. Yeah, but um, yeah. Then it just yeah, as I say, it just turns into good
0: versus evil at the end. Hmm. He's a pretty bad guy, though. And I still think, like, I kind of focused my thought process throughout the film on that. A lot of it was to do with kind of her relationship with the men in the film. They're all very belittling to her. Granted, she has this problem, but they're mm. all very belittling and very controlling. Yeah, and at the end, she kind of overcomes all that and then that's why I kind of like the the very very last shot where the woman's like would you like a drink and she's like because it's like I've still got this shit to deal with as well like because I guess it's only been a couple of days in the the scheme of things like um yeah there we go that's Castle (laughs) <laughs> is that just
1: it's just gonna peter out like that <laughs> well I don't know what more to say like I'd, like this film uh,
0: happened, even the second time watching it didn't really click it just yeah. didn't see okay. I had a like I before I left work I was my manager was like what are you doing and I was like oh I have to watch this movie but I can't really be fucked because I saw it quite recently and I just don't like watching movies that hmm. quickly. Like, granted, it's been like three, four months. But I was like, I yeah. still like watching, re-watching movies that quickly. I like to give them some time. But I was like, I need to re-watch it. And then within like 10 minutes, I was like, oh, this is great. I'm on a blast. Why did I not want to watch this? I'm having so, It's such a good movie. I love it. And then just the more it went on, and I was like, even the stuff that I kind of had problems with the first time, just totally not feeling it this time. I'm just totally along for the ride. I had homemade chips. <laughs> Brilliant. It was good. That's maybe what the film was doing so well. Maybe. Complimenting I homemade your chips. homemade chips. I had some beers as well. I had one beer from the fancy Drygate brewery. Well, I had it. that and I felt like such a hipster. Eating my homemade chips, drinking my craft beer, watching my fancy movie about monsters and alcohol. And I was like, you've done good, Scott Mars. <laughs> you done good. Awesome. Um, yeah, I hope. I hope there's some coherence in that and not just <laughs> shouting. That that was a different episode though. That was a different episode because we disagreed this time. Yeah. Which I
1: think is cool. That's cool to have an episode like
0: that. I think I time. just I think also I just really, really feel quite passionate about it. I really love it. I said that to when I walked in today and my manager was like, How was your movie? And I was like, I love it. It's so good. I don't know what's wrong with Danny. I'm gonna find out later on today. <laughs> Amazing. Um Yeah. Hopefully I've at least come across with like
1: Coherent of what I think doesn't work about it.
0: I really like the color palette as well. It like it's really it's well got directed. Super nice like murky purple. And effect. as I say,
1: Jason Sudeikis is so on point mm. with like his character. Like it's really cool to see him do something so serious, and you're like, like he he does it really really well. Especially the contrast between um, when he's drunk and sober, and he's so charismatic when he's yeah. sober, and he's so such an evil asshole when he's drunk.
0: That was something, and like, is the fact that there's no resolution with their drug addicted friend. No. But I always he thought... sends him away because he's snorting drugs but i always thought... snorting drugs i always
1: thought the point of his character though was like um like if it was a like if the whole thing was about uh alcohol addiction like he's dismissing his friend for his friend's addiction but like almost mm-hmm. ironically because he's got he's like as he's going get out of here you're lucky I don't call the police you junkie yeah. he's drinking back Jack Daniels yeah. slamming it back to the back of his throat like that's kind of like the almost the point of his character was like how ironic that was mm. that like he's calling them out on his addiction when he's got addiction of his that's own there's a big ball of
0: Jack Daniels he's uh, swinging from isn't that?
1: and the only difference between them is that he can call the police on the other guy
0: yeah I also really love the shot where he's stomping around the park and Anne Hathaway's on the ground that is really, a good shot that. when you can hear all the people screaming but it's just, really bizarre he's just stepping uh, on bark Ah, <laughs> uh, it's really bizarre but it's really cool yeah I really that's my favourite shot of the movie I love it a lot and yeah I just really love that murky colour palette also apparently I think I'm a big fan of just like movies about people going back to their hometowns yeah I just find like a nice warm nostalgic feeling <laughs> so the opening the first like 20 minutes or so is not dissimilar to something like Garden State except uh, way less pretentious and that's coming yeah. from somebody who kind of likes Garden State. But.
1: I like that Anne Halfway's rock bottom is an empty mansion with a swimming pool. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Still doing all right, isn't she? <laughs> like, it could be worse. Yeah. Could be
1: an empty mansion with no swimming pool at all. And Jason Sudeikis and Anne Halfway keep in really good shape for drug-addicted people.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's a handsome boy. I'll give him that. I'll give him all that. Him and Dan Stevens, they should have been the real people fighting. I'd pay I... to that. <laughs> Uh, cool, I think. Like I said, hopefully there's some coherent Aye. babble to be. I'm
1: sure next time we'll have a film that we agree on. What like are we going to do next time? Who knows?
0: Ooh, I don't know. That's the fun. We'll, we'll
1: decide it later.
0: Uh, we need to do all the stuff we do when we sign off because we didn't do that last time. Oh, fuck. Fun times.
1: Um, oh, well, fuck. you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Second Opinion Pod. That's second with a two. That's we good. didn't get any response from the Tron Legacy guy.
0: We didn't. We haven't talked I about, about that. Podcast. Yeah, we didn't talk about that last week.
1: But... We didn't get any response from him, which is fine. I'm sure he's got better things to do. Maybe right? we should and, keep trying. Uh, right, I feel like he's probably like he's. Mm.
0: I don't think he. Do you think he gets enough tweets in a day that he's seen it?
1: Who? How many people are gonna be tweeting at that guy though?
0: That's what I'm saying. Jinky gets. Mm,
1: I don't know because either he's seen it and he just thought we were being really petty. No, oh, it's... they've
0: they've got a fucking film podcast. I bet they are a couple of wankers. Aye, well we are. Just think they're so funny because they've found a nitpick in my movie, my seven year old movie or whatever it is now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so either that, and he hasn't really got a sense of humour about it. Yeah. So he's just ignored think it. He's super fucking like when he saw it, he was writhing. he's like, oh fucking. Like, just when I thought they could people couldn't nitpick my movie even more. And now someone's turned to the but pig. They listened to the I thought <laughs> I'd got away with the pig, but if they listened to the podcast. We liked it. Yeah,
1: we like it a lot. We like Chuck, like I say. We just wanted to know where he got the roast pick from.
0: Maybe we should send him a link to the podcast. He's not going to listen. He's not going to listen is No, all. we should definitely. <laughs> hey, you never know.
1: But uh, we didn't get a response from him. We so we're a bit
0: disappointed by that. Um, but if you want to respond to us, we'll respond <laughs> or, or ignore your nitpicks. Maybe we'll respond. It'll probably take a while because I have a weird thing where I get notifications and I feel like I have to have a sit down first <laughs> before I respond to them. <laughs> You have to consult. Facebook messages, things like that. I'm like, oh, I you know, you know when you can see the message, but before you, it shows that you've read it. Yeah. You ever do that? Yeah. You have a look, and then you're like, oh, okay. I'll I don't like think about what I want to say. I then.
1: I don't like the like the whole scene thing that you have to respond mm, straight away. Like I don't want to respond straight away half the time. I maybe sometimes I want to read it, but I haven't got time to respond to it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like taking time, responding takes time. Reading doesn't. So you want to be like, oh, what's this message? Okay, well, I'll get back to that. But then it's like, you've seen it. And then the other person's yeah, like... Yeah, and they're like, hey, buddy. You've
0: seen it. But I'm like you can, to tell they, you something. You're able like to that. just read it without actually opening it. Yeah. And you're like, I'll get back to that later. See, when they send two messages and it, it doesn't... And then you can't read it. Yeah. They read the first little few words of it each torments shit, It torment oh, you, doesn't it? No, it does. Because you're like, I'm going to have to read it. And it could be about anything. God, oh, nightmare. Nightmare. Yeah, so that's where you can guess. Yes. Uh, we still don't have anything coming up, like, video-wise or anything. We really yeah. need to get on that. We will. It's just work and shit. is too Aye. fucking... It's too much going on right now. It's super annoying. Like, neither of us have a completely free day together. Aye. Like, it's always I have to come from work or you have to meet me before work or something like that. Aye. It's never, like, we just have a full day. It's like tricky. we used to. So it's kind of harder to get, like, video stuff up on the go. We'll work on it. We'll figure we it out. We do need to work on it big time because I feel like we're dropping the ball a bit with... How much extra stuff we should be doing? Oh, we or want to be doing, be doing
1: Blair Witch Project reaction. I saw Blair Witch Project. PlayStation, it's a PlayStation free Tron game. I think we should, we should play, play that. that? I
0: think I have played that.
1: Have you? I haven't. Think so. We should try it. Anyway, I mean, that's you want to start out. a Let's Play channel? Oh no, I don't like Let's Plays. I'm I'm of, I just, I like even even people I like doing Let's Plays. Hmm.
0: I don't. I find not it boring. even two boys or a girl maybe. Like when they're talking to each other? Because I can't stand watching people on the road doing it. I'm like, what is this? Aye. But when it's more about the band horror,
1: Oh, I see. Yeah, but I guess then why just not listen to a podcast?
0: Yeah, visual stimulation and in that, innit? I guess. Yep. Anyway, fair enough. <laughs>
1: it, this is just not my thing. There's never anything I've, I've I watched. I don't it. really watch them either, Danny. So There we go.
0: Fair is fair. I don't even... The only thing I watch is Monster Factory. And that's a very, 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 very specific... Form of let's uh, play. That's not just like let's play the game. Cool. Stop there. You pr- can probably hear the music now. Maybe. You're probably playing this out. Eat Do you like how I edit in that? that It's the fancy trumpet bit now. You're probably hearing it now, but I've kept it low. See how the other fancy trumpet bit. Well, oh, I don't use know. That now? Do you never listen right to the end? Oh, I don't just start the song again, now, Danny.
1: Takes me a while to listen to the podcast. Oh, I don't, I've, I don't I've been just. In.
0: I don't just start the song again, Danny. I I I, I jump to the middle bit. When All he right. starts playing this crazy trumpet solo. It's pretty great. Or possibly a saxophone, I don't know. But it's probably taken the entire duration of this, me saying this, for that to play out. So, E.J.K. Simmons, everyone. E.J.K. Simmons. We'll see you in a fortnight.
1: Bye! <laughs>